Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schaffner, and I'm sitting here with the doc, right? The future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina. Threw, at one point in high school, he threw 11 touchdowns in one game and scored 11 goals in the soccer match afterwards. Dr. Cheney Robinson. That's right. Out, and Al Bundy was my running back behind me. Hey, Doc, today we're going to do things a little bit different, right? We're going to uh, we're going to flip. We're going to give you the reins of everything. And uh, and we're going to talk about some some player development. Yep. So we here got, you go. We got a great guest today. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a while now. So I'm glad we're able to get it, get it together and be able to do it. So, Ryan, our guest today, Rockstar. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the brief bio, okay? Because it would take the whole show with all that she's done and accomplished. It literally take the whole show to go through it. So I'm gonna give the brief bio so we can get into it. Samantha Card is a former NCAA Division One athlete, MBA graduate, best-selling author, Fortune 100 company trailblazer, and level up expert. She's on an unwavering global mission to help inspire, empower, and support athletes, coaches, administrators active military veterans and corporate athletes to extend their skills and impact beyond their roles. She brings out the high performance mindset in others and prepares them to go pro in life by identifying opportunities, taking swift action, failing fast, often, and applying an all-in mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Samantha Card. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It was kind of like uh, I couldn't have uh, wrote that better for you. <laughs> I know. It just kind of came together nicely, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. It, it means a lot coming from you. And uh, I'm excited. Uh, Ryan and I have been talking about getting on the show for, for quite some time. So finally, we're here. Here we are. Well, let's dig in. All right, Sam, you're first. Talk about your experience as a collegiate athlete. And what was your biggest takeaway? You know, good question. So, you know, I've always been, I've always been that athlete that was part of a ground up build, right? A foundational build. I didn't go to a program that already had a bunch of national championships, although it it did seem appetizing to go down the path to, to roll tide roll. Right. Um, but I, but I didn't, and I knew long-term softball wasn't going to be my forever thing. Although I would love and aspire to play in the Olympics, I knew I needed to go to a college that really helped me parallel path um, my education, right? It's just women's sports are not where men's sports are. And uh, from that point, I chose Pitt. Uh, it has a really good science research institution, and I majored in chemistry. So it was great because I was every bit of a scholar athlete in, in college. And, you know, I think the biggest takeaway for me you can do all things, right? You can be the nerd and lean into that. And you also can be a high performance athlete on the field. And uh, because I was immersed in, in that type of environment, I always kind of saw myself in and out of sport uh, relatively earlier than most. Now, and you've been, you're known as Sammy from Miami. So how, how, how did you get to landlocked Pennsylvania? Well, when they pay for your school, you go. There you go. <laughs> right? Now, I mean, I had never seen snow. Uh, the first year I was there, uh, I had nine feet of snow and I had a Mustang. So when I tell you fail often, fail fast, boy, did I learn 
<laughs> that I had to put bricks in the back of my car so it didn't like uh, spin but, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's all types of life lessons, but but yeah, it's it's important to get uncomfortable, right? I can get out of your ecosystem and bubble. I was playing year round, never saw snow, and then next thing you know, I'm playing in season with snow coming down as a catcher. <laughs> Wasn't great, <laughs> you know. You do hard things, so there you go. All right, Wisconsin native. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I was the exact opposite. I was, uh, you know, baseball was my thing. School was completely secondary. Um, like Sam said, there's uh, vast uh, differences between men, the the opportunities for men's and women's sports from a financial level, right? Um, and so that was my focus. I was, uh, you know, I needed to get stronger in order to make it to the next level. I needed to add weight. And so I was in the gym you know, nonstop in between games after doubleheaders when we get back from the road. And um, and then all of a sudden one day I couldn't play. <laughs> I blew up my shoulder and it was uh, it forced retirement. And I think it's at that point is when I realized what athletics has brought me uh, because, you know, up until that point, I was all in on on making it to Major League Baseball. And again, school was I, somehow I spent past Spanish class in college going to it one time and never taking a test. Right. So I was that 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 person and I was happy about it. Right. That was a yeah. C that I would take and I will be. Um, so it, it wasn't until I didn't have athletics as that fallback, as that main focus that I then had to understand the skills that athletics taught me that applied into life after sports. But let's continue with that. What was next? Because sports ended abruptly for you, right? What was so yeah. what was next for you? Well, I mean, I think like a lot of athletes go through whether they retire on their terms or or are forced to retire. Um I spent a year and now luckily this was my sophomore year in college, right? So you know, it was studying and rehab and all that, but I spent a year trying to figure out like what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Like my, my option is taken away. Like, what are my options now? And, and again, school was not my focus. So I was like, I, I need to get an internship that, you know, is at least, you know, elevated. And so that was probably the first lesson of the network that athletics provides, because I got an internship and had success in that internship, largely because of the the connections I had through baseball yep. and, you know, people that, that would vouch for me and knew that I was going to work hard. And, and so I got up, you know, opportunities because of athletics and those connections, um, that I probably shouldn't have, uh, for, you know, grade point averages and, and all that sort of stuff. So yep. I got an internship in the financial services space and, you know, extremely competitive industry. And it, you know, it was kind of like that, athletics uh minus the physical <laughs> the physical aspects of it yeah sam for you softball is coming to an end mm -hmm. now you've got to grow up we got to start adulting what what was next that's so it's interesting because i had a different front end experience than ryan did and i had um you know a different experience on the back end of it so although i knew i wasn't going to play pro forever in sport uh, or not forever, but, you know, really make a career out of it. 
I had this fancy chemistry degree and I had zero internship, a bleak resume. And I was like, okay, well, I, I checked it off the list, but I don't know who I am. And sport ended, but my full identity crisis picked up. It felt like a cliff dive. So although at the front end, I knew I was more than my sport, I still was so all in to sport and being the best scholar athlete possible that I was really struggling to figure out how to connect the dots, right? So it's like, I have all the individual siloed pieces, but how did I like learn how to make it congruent together? It, it really was rough. And I had to go back home. And a lot of athletes are going to be like, oh my God, I got to go back home. I've been living by myself. And you have like an ego blow. And, and I did, right? And I, I really said, you know, ego has no place here. And I gave myself two weeks. You know, I really am a firm believer that when you get knocked down, take your eight seconds. Muhammad Ali did it, right? It's like, you need to feel it because if you just go on and move to the next thing, you just now put it in a compartment that's going to boil over, you know, in your subconscious side. So I gave myself two weeks and like Ryan, I did lean into the athletic network, um, primarily our life skills. So Pitt had one of the leading life skills program early on. I was there during year one and year two of the implementation, right? I'm an athlete that was always part of a first, right? Foundational build. So I just said, hey, look, I don't need an easy yes. All I need is a door, which is the athlete in me, right? If you give me the door, I'll crush through it and I'll figure it out, right? And, and that's what ended up happening where I realized I needed more business acumen, right? So I had this chemistry degree, no on paper experience, but I had all these experiential skills as a leader, a captain of the team. So I'm like, well, why don't I go get my MBA? And at that point, Pitt didn't have any athletes going to get their MBA. So someone had to be the first. So I've always just leaned in, into that. And um, then the the world opened up for me. Once I did that, I lived abroad and then started working for Honeywell. And the list goes on. There you go. So yeah. a pioneer by, by all forms and fashions of it. So let's fast forward a little bit. Success Beyond Game Day. What was the motivation in starting Success Beyond Game Day? So... You know, it's interesting. It's an interesting question. And I've thought about it a lot, right? So as athletes, power success, we want to win. We, you know, we, we want to get to the highest levels. We want to win the natty. Like we, <laughs> we want to win the Super Bowl. We want to, you know, win the title. But you can look left and right and be alone after you get it because success is an infinite game. Right. And what I started to realize was if I truly wanted to leave my mark and add value into society, like and really be a community ambassador that I talk about, like, how could I walk it? Um, I started to realize, well, I needed to put my ego to the side. And it's not about power and success. It's really about how can I contribute and and live a life of fulfillment well beyond my time on this earth. Right. So that mentality shift was a huge component. Because then it catalyzed into, well, sports is not who I am. It is what I did. And it is a vehicle to parallel path a whole host of things. So because I was thinking about it in that way, I thought everybody was. Well, I started to realize when I was mentoring, uh, Pitt has a formal mentoring program and two athletes became over 100 athletes. So when that organically happens and you're getting the pull across a multitude of sports, different backgrounds, pers 
perspectives. Oh, can you talk to my friend over at Syracuse, Stanford? And then it started to get bigger and bigger. I knew I knew it was I was it was bigger than me. And um, I was the one kind of tapped on. And then from that point, I, I always just would mentor. But where it got really loud is when two football players in particular had some mental health issues. And they're like, you need to be doing this full time. And um, you'd be grossly kind of negligent to not without them saying those words. That's kind of how it came out, which then was the catalyst for the book. It was just a book. That's the easiest way to scale. So for me, contribute, put something out there. I'm not an author. That's fine. Do hard things, right? That's the athlete in me. Ended up becoming a bestseller with being self-published, right? Which said, okay, well, there's some real pull here. And then it became an idea to put it into a business, and then now it's headed to an enterprise. So one conversation turned into a book, turned into a business, and is now headed towards an enterprise structure. That's awesome. That's so cool. Ryan, same, same question. You, you'd worked in, in financial planning for years, right, with your own firm, and then did a little bit of a pivot with a must win. Talk, talk about the motivation behind that. Yeah, I think, you know, you can be successful at something and not fulfilled in it. and. So 24, 25 years of being successful in an industry with, that has an extremely high uh, failure rate. And, um, and so my kind of switch happened when COVID kind of slowed everyone down uh, because that gave me opportunity to think, right? Because I think so often we get so caught up in our day-to-day in accomplishing things that we don't take time to um, survey the landscape and just think through, hey, am, am I doing what I'm really supposed to be doing? And and if not, then what is that? And so, like Sam, I uh, I, I wrote a book. I've been kind of you know prodded from time to time by by some athletes to do a financial literacy book for athletes and. Um, I did that uh, again, self-published, just like Sam, it became a bestseller. And then that kind of got me in that world. And as I connected to more and more of these athletes, um, I just realized that, you know, they were super successful. Yes, athletically, but in life after athletics. And what was that journey? And, you know, what percentage of them have success? You know, there's guys that are um, pro bowlers that have taken companies from uh, two states and 20 employees to 30 states and 2,000 employees without going back and getting a formal education or, right? So there, there's there's some foundational things that athletics has taught them. And that started to meet, connect me with my journey is, yeah, I, I leveraged a lot of these things that athletics has taught me to be successful in this. And so- connecting with a lot of these these athletes and hearing the stories about those that were left behind that um, didn't make it pro, spent the five to 10 years trying to figure out who they were job hopping or went back to the you know neighborhoods that they came from. And in some of those cases, that's not a positive situation. And and then identifying through the their their, you know, their friends that hey, they were smarter than me. They had more talent and they just didn't, they weren't able to connect the dots. They weren't shown how to connect those dots. And so um, it just kind of hit that, hey, now's the time to 
make a switch. It's kind of a nice pause in, in life. And how can we, you know, just be fulfilled in what we're doing and make the impact that will last like Sam, last beyond me on this earth, um, and, and get people to achieve their, uh, their natural potential outside of athletics. There you go. So you guys are partnered together now. You're, the companies have come together. You've helped revolutionize athlete development. And as Ben said, you've created the missing link. What are y'all doing? How, how did y'all, how, how did y'all help create, fill this void and create this, this fill this void of the missing link? I'll start. You can, you okay. can fill in. Um, so I, I think, um, we started out on individual paths. We we've come together and which takes being able to adapt on the fly, right? We were in the industry. We saw what was being produced and what, you know, competition was doing. And we said, well, we've got to figure out a way to at, like really provide value here. Right. So, um, I think it was being able to adapt and being able to, um, think through what is really going to add value and have that. And Sam says this all the time, the, the, we, not me mindset of who can we pull in that's already doing some really great things. And how do we make, take a bunch of siloed, great things, bring them together to make one amazing thing that can really impact, um, athletes like they need, right. That can really serve, serve those needs. Yeah. So I'll, I'll piggyback on that. The word community gets thrown around a lot, right? Um, the concept of impact gets thrown around a lot. Ryan was the only other human that embodied what I embodied in terms of impact. So in order to get to levels that are far beyond your own individual contribution, like you really need a team of people that bring in expertise in certain spaces and you've got to let them go, right? And what I started to realize is these, these businesses were getting, you know, put up, but it was really income before impact, but they would hide behind the concept of impact for athletes. And I wasn't cool with that. Right. Um, you know, a lot of athletes don't know what they don't know, but you can't keep it gray enough to just keep you reoccurring in there. Sometimes your impact is a season. Sometimes it's a lifetime. Ryan and I are okay with either or because they both matter. Right. Some don't want help now because they think it's a distraction when in reality it's going to help them. We understand we're not going to be everything to everyone every time we talk. Right. And we also understand that when we say impact, that means putting our own uh, success criteria, our ambitions kind of on the back burner to really drive a community forward approach, right? So for athlete, by athlete, we may want to do it a certain way, but we've redone the program with rapid prototyping throughout what I, I would say like the last 12 months to a point where now I feel extremely confident that we've created something that is a safe ecosystem 
that we can drive the impact, get the income to make the impact even more scalable. So it's it becomes this recycled wheel that a lot of companies are just going for their top line and bottom line. Well, Ryan and I own the business and we're doing that on purpose, right? Uh, you know, I, it's the battle of do you want, right, um, a small piece of a huge pile or do you want a big piece of a small pile? Well, we want a huge impact, but in order to get to that point, we need to lay the right foundation down and you need to have the right people in so you can expand to include. So that's what kind of Ryan and I ha have done in a unique way. We've done a lot of focus groups. We don't claim to know it all. And we bring everybody on board, right? And that doesn't mean we take every single little detail and incorporate it, but we have put our money in this because we are that serious about the impact we want to drive and do it differently than it's ever been done. Someone has to be the first, right? So we've kind of taken the responsibility on. Uh, is it easy all the time? No. Is it fun all the time, but it's stressful. All right. So it, it would be like any other business that you would think you need to create and stuff like that. But at, at some point it starts to go. And right now it's going because the athletes are leaning in because it really is a we, not me. Yeah. So can I think to always it's establishing that firm foundation in whatever it yeah. is that you're doing. And I, and I think the, the, bulk of if i look at the the landscape of athlete development player development stuff that's out there you know a lot of it gets masked with nil at the college level of you know let's help them get deals and then let's throw some you know financial literacy or leadership courses up there right and it's it's this one size fits all mentality that that uh they're bringing to player development when in the reality is each person is unique. They have, they're, they're going to have their unique impact on the world. They see things, they could look at the exact same thing and the whole team can see it differently and will interpret it differently. Mm -hmm. And so how do we recognize and help these athletes identify how they're unique, help them understand that so that they can articulate that um, so that they can then that then that's an advantage to them because now they know how how they see the world, they know how their their teammates see the world. They can interact better, and we can create a completely customized development path for each athlete based on what's relevant to them. And so it's it's really figuring out all right how do we customize at an individual level and be able to scale that um to to where we can have that impact across all of athletics from high school college to pro yeah and i i will i will say this right most people shy away when you say customizability right because it seems not cost effective but it's only impossible until it's done someone else's insecurity or inability is not ours but at the same time we're not afraid to fail. And if something doesn't work, boom, we move on, right? And, and we've had many reiterations. And this is not like, oh, perfection on, on um, the first period. But I will say this. It's a very interesting component that once you get athletes at the table, it just changes, right? Um, fish school, birds flock, people tribe. Yeah, you hang with people that have your shared values, but yet we never create anything 
talking about your why behind the you out and feel comfortable to thrive in that, not survive, right? So what we're doing is we are really focusing on the individual from the inside out to actually brand, identify who they are, why they matter, how how they can represent themselves in the best way, but in the same token, help them cross-pollinate and cross-train uh, with other athletes across the country. So if you if you have the ability to do that, but also customize how an athlete can come and say, I'm okay. Hey, being myself, wow, I'm a vegan. I am not going to take this NIL deal that seems like a lot of money with this beef company. And having the courage and grace for yourself to say, not aligned, right? Not all money is good money, right? Not all opportunities are the right opportunities. It, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So we provide that ecosystem to kind of elevate what player development like really should be. Um, and make it, you know, affordable and scalable and really no athlete left behind. And we're finding creative ways to be able to finance it at every level. So that's the key, too, is also providing the proximity and access. Right. When you talk about not every opportunity is the right opportunity, who is success beyond game day? Who do you typically work with? So, you know, it's it's interesting. It, it started off with just the traditional Olympic athletes, right? And it was like, okay, Olympic athletes at the high school, collegiate, pro, and Olympic levels. But then we kind of took a step back and said, well, hold on a minute. You've also have, uh, you know, an, an uptick in esports. Well, they're athletes too. Well, wait, hold on a minute. How did I connect the dots to go and work for Honeywell, Fortune 100 company, a $40 billion company, do all these things by 26? Like, I don't even really talk about that, but that's an important connection, right? So how do you do that? Well, you've got to carry those experiential skills with you and transition it. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, you need to drive corporate athleticism. So then we're like, okay, why are we only focusing on the athlete in school Hold on. It's bigger than four to six years. We want the 20 to 40 year horizon. So that means at every stage in the process. Right. Um, so from high school, right, 95 percent don't go play collegiately. Well, you still have, have amassed a bunch of experiential skills. Right. Then when you get to the collegiate level. Right. You've got what, like 98 percent that don't go play pro in sport, quote unquote. Right. Plus or minus, depending on the sport. Right. So what are you going to do? Help transition that period. Right. And then those that actually go play, you know, a career out of it. Well, guess what? They feel like sports is who they are <laughs> and what they do. Right. Yeah. So how do you get them to parallel path their brand identification outside of sport to, to Ryan's point, to build franchises, to think bigger and also leverage that sports vehicle. Right. And then you know, um, once an athlete gets into a business, whether they want their own business or they want to get in to get some work experience in a big company, a small medium cap company, right? Who's providing that pipeline access, right? So that is where, you know, success beyond game day started with kind of, I would say, I, I wouldn't say singular, but a, a very focused view on Olympic sports that then expanded to, wait, hold on a minute, all athletes and what does all athletes truly mean? Right. And um, the adjacency that has since come from that is also, you know, active um, service members, right? And veterans transition post-battlefield. You know, you you can't you can't leave anyone behind, but you can't be everything to everyone. So you have to be very meticulous on how you roll it out and see where you could... Um, adapt 
and reframe certain concepts that are congruent across all of them to provide the resources instead of waiting. But um, you also have to be mindful that you've got to keep the high quality um, and engagement levels. Yeah, so really it's meant to be the life of the athlete, starting at the high school all the way through pro, but also having the connections with the corporate world to help them transition once their athletic career is done. And, and so it's being able to provide programming and resources to help them continue to develop who they are, connect with brands that are that with shared values uh, at, or at an early stage as possible so that they can have jobs when they, you know, they, they know what opportunities are out there. They're aligned with the company. There's, you know, they may have a mentor in that company. Um, and, and athletes are in, in the military. I mean, there's a lot of similarities in mindset, right? And so it's being able to, um, again, it's a transition. It, it's, it's helping people identify who they are, being able to put words to that, articulate that and see how that then aligns to different types of careers versus saying, all right, my athletic or my military career is done. Now, what do I do? Who, who am I? It's being able to help them figure that out in an extremely safe place, connect them to people that have gone through and walked that journey before to help them along, but then also help place them in opportunities that are aligned with their skill sets. Yeah. And if, if, if I may add one more thing, right, it seems like a lot. Wow. How can you stay so focused on all of those buckets and, and individuals? And it's a great question, right? That doesn't mean we're the ones always leading it. So if we're going to help support the veteran community. There are amazing organizations out there doing it at the highest and best levels. Why would we not add tool sets into their toolbox. We don't need to recreate the wheel. Uh, we have no ego in this game. It's just about the impact. And if others need a catalyst to further their impact, then we're going to be that that arm for them, that tool for them. Um, if, if a community doesn't have anyone that wants to take a best bet on them, we will actively come in and bridge the gap, right? Um, and then also, we have such an amazing community. So a lot of athletes that have retired from sport and have gone pro and they're going pro in life. And um, all they need is a tap on the shoulder. No one's asked them. The only time they get asked is to donate to a school. How would you feel if you graduated four to six years and you've made this career and now you're in the, the alumni kind of list of donors? Like you've made enough where it makes sense for you to be a silver sponsor and you don't feel seen, heard, and valued. So one of the things that we're doing is when we go to different schools, um, we're really bringing athletes that have walked those halls, right? Sometimes we need others that look like us, that talk like us, right? And and Ryan and I, right, we're just one piece of a huge pie of, of an amazing community. And we just happen to, you know, create the pathways. Sometimes it's just powered by success beyond game day. Sometimes it's led by success beyond game day. But no matter which way it shakes, it's it's about the impact to the community on scale. You yeah. know, so that's how we're able to kind of curate and do it at a very high level. That's awesome. All right. And you both have hit on this a little bit as you've been sharing. But what's the big picture, broad brush? What's the vision for success beyond game day? 
Well, for me, it's it's empowering over a billion athletes. And when we say athletes, we say the gamut, all of it, right? The long-term view of an athlete to extend their impact and and skills beyond the game, right? So help be their door, which then becomes a door for someone else. And then it becomes extremely scalable, right? We're putting information out there for others to, to take it, make it their own, and then build upon it. This is not a, we only want to share one piece of it so you keep coming back. If you need to come back, we'll be here. If you got what you need, fantastic. So it's really around, you know, empowering a billion athletes to extend the, the impact um, and skills beyond the game. Yeah, globally. There you go. All right. As we're, as we're finishing out today, and Sam, thank you very much for taking the time. One last question. How can the listeners learn more about success beyond game day? How can they, how can they get in touch? Uh, we have a, a wide array of different channels, uh, so whatever's comfortable for for them. Our website is um, successbeyondgameday.com. It's real simple. It says the the why, the what, and the how, and the different offerings and programs uh, that we have. Um, we have our Instagram channel, Success Beyond Game Day, as well as you know my personal Instagram. Uh, I actively manage it, <laughs> Samantha S Card. Um, and then Ryan has his, so it's, it's been, um, it's been great because there's so many different ways you can reach us. And if you go to the website, it'll automatically connect you to the socials. I feel that's kind of your first best step and, uh, we're pretty responsive and, and get back. So if you're a coach, if you're a parent of an athlete, if you're an actual athlete, you all have a place here, uh, in different capacities. So don't be afraid to ask. Uh, all I say is, you know, have the courage to, to ask for support. Right. And, and we'll figure out how to make it happen. Don't not do something because you don't think you could afford it. Well, have the question before you make that decision. Right. Is, is the, the key takeaway for me. Absolutely. There you go. Thank you for joining us on NIO Undress. And as always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated.